This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Makes your holiday meal like a tender, juicy smoked turkey. And now's the time to visit Outdoor Supply Hardware and get ready for Thanksgiving grilling with Traeger. It's so easy. You can control the cook right from your phone. Plus, with the time you save, you can focus on getting your home ready for festive fun. Right now, save up to $200 on select Traegers, including the Ironwood 650 pellet grill with Wi-Fi technology. Still looking for the perfect gift? Don't forget Traeger sauces and rubs make great stocking stuffers. Cook up Thanksgiving success at Osh. Don't miss the Jim Hersey Collection, coming to San Francisco on Saturday, December 10th. Jim Hersey, owner and CEO of the Indianapolis Colts, will exhibit historic sports memorabilia, presidential artifacts, the world's greatest guitar collection, and more. The evening will be topped off with a free concert by the all-star Jim Hersey Band, featuring special guests Ann Wilson, Buddy Guy, and John Fogarty. It's one night only with the Jim Hersey Collection and the Jim Hersey Band on December 10th at the Bill Graham Auditorium from 7 to 10 p.m. Get your free ticket now at JimHerseyCollection.com. Do you have neuropathy? Are you experiencing numbness, tingling, and pain that just won't stop? Are you taking dangerous drugs that have serious side effects and never fix the pain? If so, please listen to this message. Neuropathy is a serious, progressive condition that only gets worse if not treated properly. Call SF Bay Wellness at 844-94-NERVE to get back to doing the things you want to do. There is no drug, exercise, or surgery that can heal nerves. Don't wait until your condition gets worse and stops you from living. Living your life fully. SF Bay Wellness has a time-tested, proven track record of helping hundreds of patients to improve and reverse their neuropathy. If you're ready to regain your independence, contact SF Bay Wellness at 844-94-NERVE. Call now for your $99 neuropathy special and receive a personal treatment plan that is tailored to your needs. Call 844-94-NERVE. That's 844-94-NERVE and start to enjoy life again. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMC FM at HD1 San Francisco. Always live on the free Odyssey app. It's your boy Guru from Stani and Guru, noon to three, right here on 95.7 The Game. Now back to my two guys. I actually feel like I do a show with them on the changeover, Willard and Dibs, right here on 95.7 The Game. Now, why would you feel like that, Guru? It, it is that. Right. It, it, it's, I mean, it's a short show. It's about 20 minutes. Yeah. It'll be holy hell. <laughs> Might only be about 12 today. Your boy's got... Uh, <laughs> Boys got a lot going on. Yeah, full slate. Oh my god! We got a lot going on. It's um, funny because uh, I got a. Uh, she turned three months yesterday, and uh, you got a lot going on. Yeah, but you also I got mean, a lot going on. I got so much going on that I'd, I'd like to stay late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to do an extended changeover with Steiny and Goo, all right, you do it. That's up to them. I got. Uh, I have three kids and a bunch of problems. I got three kids and a bunch of problems. I mean, my gosh. My, my girl gosh. is 93 days old today. When she turns 100, I will give you my 100-day my review, much like we do with oh, presidents, good. the yeah. first 100 days. Okay. I will give you the first 100-day review of her presidency. Now, which side of the aisle do you want me to be on? Do you want me to applaud everything you say, or do you want me to just sit there and do nothing? I want you to jeer like they do over in England. Uh, totally. Yeah. 
<laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Um, Willard and Dibs, hi. Hi. How's everybody doing? 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile text line. Uh, you got to hear what Steve Kerr said about Jonathan Kaminga. You got to hear what Jeff Passon said about Aaron Judge and the Yankees. We get to all that in just moments. And Doc Pandy a less than a half hour away. Real quick on this, though. It wasn't the deepest of dives, but it was enough of a dive uh, because I, I do think whenever your team has a player for a long period of time, your own fan base has a weird opinion about that person because they've taken them through an emotional ride. Like, in other words, I think the rest of the world might look at Jimmy Garoppolo and think one thing, and a 49er fan is going to think something else. Oh, the rest, he stinks. The rest of the world hasn't been on the emotional ride. Right. They don't know all the little things that have happened. So same thing with Andy Reid's long time, didn't win a Super Bowl quarterback. His name was Donovan McNabb. If I just throw that out to you, your perception, better quarterback, Donovan McNabb or Jimmy Garoppolo? McNabb, and it's not close. How so? He's more athletic. Okay. He did more. He was more successful. Was he? Th- th- what was the farthest my, he went? This is my perception. What's the farthest he went? Before you before you come back okay. with your point-counterpoint, you asked me for my perception. Yes. I'm giving you what you asked for, Mark. I got one co-host and a bunch of problems. <laughs> you asked me for my perception. Right, right. Uh, makes more plays. Uh-huh. More athletic. Uh-huh. Throws for more yards. Mm. Rushes for more yards. Mm. Wins more games. It's an interesting perception. I'm glad you didn't call those things facts because a lot of them aren't. Well, I, I didn't have a chance to Google it. So, even though you, you mentioned this about seven hours ago and I could have done the research, but most, you wanted my perception. That's my perception. Who do you think Mark? has had the most yards passing in a year? Garoppolo or McNabb? McNabb. The answer is Garoppolo. But by the way... But their best yardage passing year, it's... I mean, it's Garoppolo by like 25 yards. Well, he's played 17 games. No, this was not that. Okay. Yeah, this was yeah, so I'm reaching right now. So both of them, their best passing year, about 3,900 plus yards. Their touchdown to interception ratio, almost exactly the same. What's the best thing they've done as far as a season in the end? They've both gone to the Super Bowl and lost a close game. Yeah, uh, Both have been tabbed as the NFC Championship guy. Like, they always would go to the NFC Championship. Here's where McNabb has the obvious edge. You pointed it out. More athletic, and he would make more plays with his feet. However, I could counteract that with Jimmy Garoppolo's completion percentage, which blows McNabb's out of the water. McNabb used to struggle to be at 60%. 59-60% for his career, and that was That's most of his years. Era. Yeah, but I mean, is it still not really? I it mean, was, but not it's today. It's not like he played 40 years ago. I and mean, I know, but I'm looking at his numbers and I could say different era and that might say okay, 2 to 3 percentage points. Right. Maybe you could allow it, but for his career, 59%. 59%. And Jimmy's wildly Jim, inaccurate yeah, in any era. Jimmy lives in the area of 67%. And. I think you go 69. No, no. Drunk. I'm not going to do that. Okay. He might live in that area. I don't know them that I well. Don't know. You don't know <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> Thank so, you. Uh, there, you have that completion percentage, which at times, within games, within short seasons, even goes north of 67%. So, I would contend they are actually. In terms of your results, your output, your numbers, your production, these are very, very similar players. And couldn't I make the argument, Andy Reid has always been a great coach. He simply got as far as Donovan McNabb could take him. And then Andy Reid finally became a Hall of Famer when, not because he changed his coaching stripes, because he got Patrick Mahomes. I wonder, I really do, I wonder if Jimmy Garoppolo is Kyle Shanahan's Donovan McNabb. He's having the exact same career as Steiny tried to make this point yesterday. A very similar to career to Andy Reid. When his quarterback is healthy, we go to the NFC title game. Sometimes we slip and fall into the Super Bowl and lose. Okay, but haven't been able to get over the top yet. Production, output, all of these things are very, very similar. And if you're the Eagles... If you could go back and do it all over again, do you want to move on from someone like Andy Reid? I know they ended up winning a Super Bowl years later. That's a little bit parenthetical. I, I, I just, 
would you want to move on from an Andy Reid? I think in general, your answer is like, no. Andy Reid's really good coach. Why would we do that? I, I mean, I, I think the same conversation can be had and potentially will be had at the end of this year with regard to Kyle Shanahan. And I agree with you on that part of it because, you know, you look at what this uh, 49er team has done in terms of coaches from Harbaugh and it hasn't been great. And even going all the way back to George Seifert, Mariucci had a little bit of success and then he was gone and then you had a a litany of Mike Nolan and Mike Singletary and Chip Kelly, who, by the way, is one thing that these two teams do have in common. Chip Kelly was uh, the coach who eventually replaced so, right, Andy right. Reid Eagles, Niners. in Philadelphia. Right. So, yeah, so they, they do have that in common. Andy Reid, 10-9 and nine in the playoffs with Philadelphia from 99-99. Uh, to 2012, and then Chip Kelly, three years, one playoff loss. Doug Peterson had the uh, the one great run in the Super Bowl, and now they have another good team under Sirianni. So would they have liked to stay with Andy Reid, looking at what Andy Reid has gone on to do? I think they probably would have. I mean, it's, it's more just realize what you have, I, I think is my point right. on this. Realize what you have. Uh, you have a really good coach. and, and Back to can, 500, finally. Yeah, well... <laughs> You have a really good coach, and and we can all play the game of, but at the five-yard line on November 28th, I did not like, fine, fine, but you have a, you have a really good coach. You have a, you have a coach and, and a quarterback right now that when everybody is healthy, they, they go to the playoffs, and they go on playoff runs. And they just haven't been able to get over the top. And we can all have our reason that we walk away with if they don't get over the top again this year. We can all have our reason as to what exactly that is and whether or not you want to move on from it. But I very much believe, especially at the coaching position, I'm not as sure at the quarterback position that'll work itself out. But at the coaching position, this is a game I want to keep playing. I want to keep playing because this feels to me like the kind of guy who he is going to get over the top at some point in his career. Might be soon, might not be that soon, but this is a guy who dances in that space on an almost annual basis when his quarterback is healthy. I'm here for that. I'm here for that because that is very, very, that's dicey to me to be like, you have to win the whole thing or you stink. Mahomes didn't win last year. Josh Allen didn't last year, um, right? Joe Burrow ended up going to the Super Bowl. Matt Stafford ended up going to the Super Bowl. One team wins. That's it. Give me the team that competes in that Final Four space on an annual basis, and I'll take my chances. And that's where Kyle Shanahan is, and Kyle Shanahan's got, what, three more seasons under this current contract, and I think if he continues this sort of trajectory, he's going to get another contract after that. And if you look at the history of Niner head coaches, you had George Seifert going back for, what, seven seasons? He was there eight seasons. Steve Mariucci, he got six years at the helm. Then it was Dennis Erickson, Mike Nolan, Mike Singletary, Jim Tomsula, Jim Harbaugh, back to Tomsula, Chip Kelly. This is the first time, other than the Jim Harbaugh tenure, first time since Mariucci you've had a coach get this much rope to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I don't know. That's where I kind of stand on that. Can't wait to see where this one goes. Obviously, that's going to change or not change this kind of conversation with regard to how it goes to Kyle and Jimmy um, and then then what they do next. But uh, they've they've set themselves up again. And and another thing, this is within games and within seasons now, two years in a row that we're watching a team, and I always look for this in sports. This is this is big to me. We talked about adjustments yesterday. You watch the way the Warriors have had to adjust on the fly because James Wiseman couldn't play, and some of the young guys were having a hard time. If you can pivot, if you do better in the second half than you do in the first, one of the things that really bothered me about the start of the season for the 49ers wasn't their record. It was that they kept winning the first quarter and then losing the game. That, to me, speaks to a problem. Whatever that problem was, man, did they fix it. Because they haven't given up a point in the second half in a month. And they were once 3-4, and four, and now they're 7-4. and four. And last year, they went into the bye, not looking good. Jimmy about to get benched. 
boom, off they go, end up in the NFC Championship game. So this is a team that is reacting to their problems. They're being better in the second half of games and seasons than they are in the first. That, to me, often speaks to coaching and planning and adjustments, and that's how you win. Agreed, but the whole thing about Kyle Shanahan, I still believe, is tied to two different things. One, can you win the Super Bowl? And you mentioned it. It's a very fickle bar to set because very few coaches have ever won the Super Bowl. If you look at the history of coaches who have won Super Bowls, I believe the number is about 30 coaches who have ever actually done what he, of course, they're all trying to do is win the Super Bowl. So if he doesn't win the Super Bowl, that's not the end-all, be-all. That would lead me to the second piece of how Kyle's going to be judged, and that is Trey Lance. So if you don't win the Super Bowl this year, and you're not favored to win the Super Bowl, you have a chance to win the bowl, but let's say they don't. However it ends, if it ends short of the Super Bowl, they turn the keys to the kingdom over to Trey Lance. Well, now Kyle Shanahan, now you are under spotlight number two. If you don't win the Super Bowl, and you have Trey Lance come in as quarterback, and Trey Lance is not the answer, and you don't win a Super Bowl with Trey Lance over the next three years, now you're in a spot where Kyle Shanahan could be vulnerable to a coaching change. Uh, we'll get back to uh, to Kaminga, Steve Kerr's thoughts on that in just a second. Let's get a call on this, though. Marcus is in New Orleans on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Marcus, what are you doing? What's up, y'all? I'm, uh, I'm out here in the parking lot about to go get a haircut. <clears throat> out of bed. Um, Tighten it up. Uh, well, we we got to stop the, the comparison. Listen, I know that uh, Shanahan's a good coach. He's not Andy Reid, and uh, Garoppolo is not Donovan McNabb. And this is this is the trouble we get into in trying to compare strictly numbers. Donovan McNabb was a dominant player. Donovan McNabb carried the Eagles for years. They never had nearly the offensive talent that Garoppolo has around him, and he didn't have the defense that the Forty ers have. Like. This is crazy to be trying to make this comparison. Andy Reid is a legendary coach. He's probably going to win everywhere. We don't know what Shanahan is going to do at this point. But the I and I understand we want to we want to like make Shanahan look good, et cetera, and make sure that people understand how good he is. But let's not pretend like. Donald McNabb and Jimmy Garoppolo are even close to comparable courts. So, Marcus, I'm going to buy some of your points and reject some of your points. Now, because the idea that McNabb was a dominant player, Donovan McNabb was a guy who had an up-and-down relationship with his own fan base all the time. I'm going to buy your point that Garoppolo's got more talent around him. However, I also think that's a little bit of a prisoner-of-the-moment comment because we've talked about the 49ers receiving core for years, and we haven't really felt great about it until this year. Christian McCaffrey's been here for five games. Debo Samuel became a star like week four of last year. Brandon Ayuk a year ago was still in the doghouse uh, before he became what he is now. Yes, he's always had Kittle. So I'll buy that to an extent. But, and thanks Marcus, you've also said, hey, don't compare him to Andy Reid. Andy Reid is a legendary coach. Hold on a second. It's because he won the Super Bowl three years ago. You didn't think that before that game. And he did it with Patrick Mahomes. So how dominant was Donovan McNabb? You can't be dominant as a quarterback and not win a Super Bowl. Andy Reid was not legendary. He was run the hell out of town in Philadelphia. And I know that fan base knows how to run somebody out of town. But still, like Andy Reid became quote-unquote legendary because he finally got over the top. All that, that's all Kyle Shanahan has to do. Just have one game in February that goes your way, and now you're legendary, too. you got to get back to February. You're right. I don't know if that makes you, quote, legendary. And I was just looking at the uh, list of Super Bowl winning head coaches. And by the way, the answer is 35. 35 coaches have ever won the biggest game in the National Football League. That is the Super Bowl. You you wouldn't call them all legendary, but it definitely puts you in an elite group in terms of, you know, you're a guy who's done it. So Sean McVay is a great example. Sean McVay, the rumor is that he may step away this year and leave the Rams. He was going to do it last year. He got brought back. This year has not gone according to plan. And if I'm Sean McVay and I look at the future of that team, I'm out. And he bows out. He may never coach again. If he never coaches again, he's not a legendary coach. However, he's one of 35 to ever do what he's done. It's fascinating. What's going on there? Why does Sean McVay want to leave? 
What is he? Eight years old? What? What? Like, does he? Is there too much stress? He wants to go broadcast, right? Sure, the money, but he's getting that now. He's getting that as a head coach now. It's fascinating. Why does Sean McVay want to move on? Because that was going on prior, as you said. Exactly. Considered it last year. They weren't going into a rebuild last year. They went into this year thinking that they could repeat. Right. Everything has gone wrong. Well, maybe you realize that, uh, you know, you might not be as good as you've been so far, so you quit while you're ahead. Yeah, maybe. Not that you're a fraud, but you're in a situation where... You go out on top, and I know he won't go out on top now based on the year that they've had, but if he walks away as a Super Bowl-winning coach, he certainly can make enough money off the field. Oh, God. He yeah. can do whatever he wants to do. I mean, he's a McVay, for crying out loud. He's been around the league long enough, and if you're that young, you have time to step away and do something else, maybe. Oh, he can be the the, the Urban Meyer, Sean Payton thing. He can do that for a while where it's right. just like, I'm going to go broadcast I'll go make $15 million a year to sit there and say eight words on a Sunday and, and have every opening. I'll be the rumor every single time if he wants to go back, especially at his age. Maybe that's what he wants to do. Maybe he wants to cherry pick it. But uh, it's curious to me that that conversation came up after winning the Super Bowl last year. Um, all right. We haven't gotten to this. Um, circling back to where we started today, which was what word would you place on last night's Warriors game. Dibs, you went with disappointing. Yeah. Kyle threw out encouraging. And he took about four texts for us to even believe him last <laughs> night. We thought he was being sarcastic. But here's why. And, and he has spoken to this now, which is it's not about, oh, hey, yay, moral victory, we were close. It was about the questions that we've had so far this year. Think about them. There have only been a few. How is Draymond's punch affecting this team? Feels like they've turned a corner on that a little bit over the last sure, week and a half, yeah, right? Definitely. All right, what are the other questions? They seem to mostly be focused on two players. Clay Thompson, what's wrong with Clay? Right. And then the combo platter player, if you will, of Wiseman Kaminga. How can they get into the rotation? Wiseman feels like, holy hell, this couldn't have gone worse. He's down in Santa Cruz. He's not doing much there. And they don't miss him. Cal, heck, the opposite of not missing right. him. They got good when he left. Cal Kami all but wrote his career off on this show yesterday. With the Warriors, yeah. But then yeah. there's Jonathan Kaminga, who yesterday, according to Steve Kerr, listen to this. Best game I've ever seen J.K. play because everything he did contributed towards making an impact on winning. His defense on Luka was it was fantastic. He was disciplined. He stayed down. He challenged shots. He, I think he had a couple blocks. He stayed patient offensively. He just took the, the shots that were there. He knocked down a big three. J.K. has been fantastic. He's really coming into his own, and that's very exciting. Um, the defensive side of the ball is the less exciting, especially for a player like Jonathan Kaminga who can fly. So it's hard, I think, for fans to watch this. But if the Warriors are saying that they can grab Kaminga and stick him on a player like Luka, understand the duality of importance on that. It's not just what they can do with him this year as they try to win. But if Jonathan Kaminga can be a dominant defensive player, what does that mean for the future? It means you might be able to move on from Draymond Green at some point. That's to me, if he can become that kind of defensive player, then that that makes him another key future piece as you try to figure out two timelines yeah. and who's getting paid. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it means that, okay, now Draymond's expendable because not J.K. Yet, can play yet. defense. He would have to do a whole lot more offensively to make that a reality. But I agree with Steve Kerr. That was the best game that I've ever seen Jonathan Kaminga play on both sides of the ball. You know, offensively, mm -hmm. knocking down the three, and, you know, picking his spots, letting the game come to him. And defensively, he didn't shut down Luka Doncic, but he defended him very well. He stayed down, as Steve Kerr was saying. He, de he defended without fouling, and he allowed Andrew Wiggins to play and guard other players. You know, you, ha you have to guard Luka Doncic with a variety of different bodies. And so when J.K. was in there and he was able to guard Luka, that gave other players a blow. And this is something that Draymond talked about in his post game. The bench playing that well gives all of the starters a chance to not exert so much night in and night out. And all these, all these flowers and all these positives we can give them, they lost the game, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Two and ten on the road. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 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 you worried? 
I'm not worried, okay. but I'm, I'm not ready to go pom pom city and oh, no. I'm so encouraging. I, I don't think anybody's doing that, but I do think that the word encouraging is uh, a, an intricate word here, and the reason I would accept it is. There's there's two very different emotions when you come away from a loss, and the reason behind the loss is based on certain individuals. If those individuals are pieces that have already solidified who they are and what they are, and Andrew Wiggins has, right? He's been paid. He's been well, paid. Well, last night he was exactly yeah. the, the player we thought he right, was. Right, but everybody's going to have yeah. that. Like, I'm not going to watch 20 basketball games. He plays well in 17 and go, oh, gosh, what is he doing in those three games? Everybody's got that in their repertoire. I'm blowing that one off like nothing. Clay has another really well, he bad blew night. It off, so it's easier for yeah, you to blow. Yeah, see, it off. I don't, I don't think that. I don't think it was an effort issue. Clay Thompson has a terrible shooting night, but he's been so much better over the last two weeks. Jordan Poole is going in and out. These are solidified NBA scorers who had bad nights. If they are the ones who have a great night, and the Warriors lose, and your bench players who you've been trying to find out who can play well, and they all stink, that's a concern because that's what the Warriors have been looking for. How many times have we talked about this team needs to figure out their second unit? They need to solidify it. They need to find some people who can play. Well, they're doing that. They're doing that. Even the Divincenzos of the world, okay, even Green, Jamichael, they are starting to show who they are. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Starting to show what they can do. Every, the definition is starting to come. If you get that, I'm all in on where this season is going, and I will take the bumps in the road of Clay Wiggins and Poole were off and they lost by three rather than a team that lost because they don't look like they've got an identity. The identity of the Warriors has come into form. Right. You don't agree? Oh, I agree. Okay, But that's the identity huge. of the Warriors is not good enough. You lost to a mediocre yeah. Dallas team. Yeah. You're 2-10 and 10 on the road. Last year, Mark, they were 22-19 and 19 on the road. Not great. Barely above 500. They would need to go 20-9 and nine away from home the rest of the year to match what they did last year. But they year. don't need to match. And, but they need to do better on of the road course. than 2-10. And, and they will, and they have been within the last two well, weeks. Of course they will better than 2-10, and 10, but how much better will they? And you, and you talk about this team, who they are, is coming into sharp focus. And I think that as you see who this team is, I don't think... That this team is good enough, wow. and I'm not. Se- I'm not going to settle for. Oh, they're a five seed, and they advanced one round, and that's darn it. No, that's I, good enough. I'm if not in a championship window. Then games like last night, that is not good enough. I'm not going to be disgusted, but I'm discouraged by the fact that you uh, lost a one guy. No, nah, I, I just it's way too early to be thinking about seeding. Um, what I'm, too early. What I'm looking for is: Do the Warriors look like a team that's going to win more often than not? And, and, and at 42 and 40. Yeah, and right. they look like a like a 45 no. and 37 team. See, no, I think they look. They don't much, look like a 50 win team right now. I think they do. I think they absolutely do. And they've won five of their last six games with their players. Well, and there's a caveat. Yeah, well, okay, five of their last seven. Well, they're still, not going to play good. every game with all their fine. players. So, so fine. You, you can't just say so they've five won, of so six. Fine, I mean, five of seven. And you've already declared. You've guaranteed three game wins. Three Game win streak starts Coming. starts right now. Doc Pandia will love that. He joins us next. Plus, you must must hear 
what Jeff Passan is reporting about Aaron Judge. Ooh. It's right around the corner on Willard and Dips. It's your boy Guru from Stani and Guru, noon to three, right here on 95.7 The Game. Back to Willard and Dibs. And you know the old saying on this show, what of my face? What are you doing? I'm listening. <laughs> no, you're not. You're in the other room right now. Getting your own self ready. Uh, yeah, Stani and Guru will be in here shortly. We will be listening to them as well, except for all of you. Dibs, you too. You're about to listen to the great stylings of one Dr. Narav Pandya because it is time for Clear to Play where we take you inside the tent, get you updated on the latest injuries in the Bay. Proud to partner with UCSF Health on this segment and bring in Associate Professor of Orthopedic Surgery, Dr. Narav Pandya. Hey, Doc. Good. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are fantastic. Uh, we've, uh, we've both got uh, uh, nothing going on in the pelvic uh, area. And so we're very, very excited about that. We cannot say that for Christian Pulisic. What did you uh, What did you see and what do you say after that goal yesterday? Yeah, well, first of all, I was extremely excited. One of the, the top U.S. goals in international play in a long time. But, uh, you know, you see that injury and obviously everyone's concerned about an injury to, you know, one of his uh, more sensitive areas down there. And, you know, the concern you obviously have when someone gets hit down there is, is there any other abdominal injury? Did he hurt a kidney? Did he hurt a liver? Did he hurt a spleen? Because that, you know, the, those obviously organs are in that area. But now it just sounds basically like it's a bruise. You know, he potentially bruised the bone, bruised some organs down there. Um, it's really about pain control. Like, there's really no timeline for healing. So if he can be effective and they can control the pain, um, I anticipate he's going to be out there. You know, there's really no limitations in terms of him uh, playing on Saturday. It's the pain control there. From a musculature standpoint, is there anything that could be damaged in there? Is it a, a pulled groin? Is it something of, of that nature? Other than perhaps a broken pelvis, is there anything tendon-wise or ligament or muscle-wise that could really be limiting? Yeah, you do worry your, your groin muscles, your adductor muscles do attach up in the pelvic region. So if you do have a blow there, theoretically, if there's contusion where that tendon attaches to the pelvis, it could last a little bit longer. Um, typically, with soccer players, we obviously see that happen with non-contact injuries. So the good news is that it's very painful. Um, it typically doesn't impact function as much as when the muscle actually or tendon actually tears. Um, but you do worry a little bit about a groin injury. So could it potentially impact him in terms of when he's kind of doing crossing passes or trying to, to kick? Potentially, but um, just seeing the way he was walking around the hotel in those videos, he seems like he's going to be all right. Yeah, and of course, he sent out on social media, see you Saturday. He'll be uh, ready to go. So uh, that's all good news. Uh, we had had a few weeks where we didn't have a whole lot to talk about after 49er games. Unfortunately, this week's not one of them. So let's talk about Elijah Mitchell. Not just that he's got the sprained MCL. We've had that conversation already this year. But the fact that there were two of them right back to back. What does this say with regard to the overall health of his knee? I think he's, you know, it's going to be okay. I mean, I think you get worried about, you know, was it a non-contact injury where something's just basically like he's running out in the open field and his knee gives out. I think it was just bad luck. You know, he had a play that probably would have injured his MCL a year ago or two years ago. So um, the good news about MCL injuries, even if they're, you know, have one on each knee or it's a repeat injury, you still return to play and there's no long-term issues with that. So he clearly demonstrated that he could play at a high level immediately from coming back. And luckily there's still enough time left in the season. And as long as he heals well, he could be back for the playoffs. Um, so I'm not concerned about long-term issues with his knees. He doesn't have any cartilage issues. He doesn't have any meniscus issues. MCLs heal pretty predictably. It just stinks for him that he's got this time off and he came back for a couple of games and then clearly has, has to go out again. But he demonstrated that even with that eight-week, nine-week time off the first time, he came back at a very high level. So I think he'll be he'll be good to go for the playoffs, assuming he recovers well. Less emergent, but maybe equally troubling, Christian McCaffrey with knee irritation. What is the the medical diagnosis for this sort of a of a knee irritation and his ability to to be able to play through it? We saw him doing some deep knee bends on the sideline. What do you make of his issue? Yeah, it's it's quite a you know pretty vague diagnosis, and it, it does kind of concern me a little bit. You don't want to have a running back kind of carry that diagnosis, this kind of global knee irritation diagnosis. I think it really comes down to, is this irritation coming from something outside the knee? Is it a tendon? Um, is it more muscle-related? Then you get a little bit less worried about that because you can manage that with basically just managing how many carries you get, how you're using them in the offense. If there's some degree of irritation inside the joint, is there some sort of bone bruise? Is there some cartilage irritation? 
then you get a little bit more worried about that because that can pop up and irritate them at any time. So I'm going to assume because the diagnosis is more vague, this is probably something outside of the joint and they can limit it by limiting how much load he carries. Problem with that obviously is with Mitchell being out and you know, obviously Debo not necessarily up to full speed yet based on how he's been used. You do get concerned of McCaffrey being overused, but hopefully they can manage it and it shouldn't be a thing. But something to watch. I'm a little bit concerned about it. Yeah, it's interesting also, Doc. I mean, we've probably buried the lead. We're talking big names with uh, Pulisic and and McCaffrey. And uh, so far, we've left out the quarterback of the 49ers. What did you see on that play? And the the team has come out and said he's sore, but he's fine. What, what, What are your thoughts when you saw Jimmy go down? Yeah, so I was I was like, oh, he has to have an MCL injury. I mean, it looked just like, you know, he had that blow, kind of the class that kind of looked for that. And he got back up. I was like, that's, that's a good sign. And you never want to see hits to a reconstructed knee. You know, it was Jimmy's knee that he had his ACL surgery on. And it kind of said he was sore. I'm surprised there wasn't an MRI. Maybe he's just kind of feeling good. The thing you have to look for for him is, you know, how is his mobility going to be? Obviously, he's not the most mobile quarterback, but is he a little bit slower in terms of avoiding the rush? Is he not following through on his throws? I think a little bit of a silver lining, we talked a little bit about this last week, I think Whitey asked me this question, was could his shoulder rehab actually cause him to strengthen his lower extremities? And could the Garoppolo of three years ago have gotten that blow, actually have had a more severe MCL injury or actually torn his ACL? Perhaps what saved him was maybe in his shoulder because all that rehab he did. So I was very concerned when I saw that. He clearly got up, but, you know, those those dirty hits will happen. And uh, unfortunately, he, uh, he got one, but he seems to be okay. It's just to watch, really something to watch this upcoming game as well, too. Speaking of watching uh, Josh Allen, we've kind of had our eyes on Josh Allen's arm after the UCL injury. It seemed like the first week we were concerned about it, and since then it's kind of subsided. What have you seen from Josh Allen and his arm issues? It, yeah, absolutely. It seemed like it got better much much more quickly than a lot of us expected. I think when everyone hears UCL, they think pitcher, Tommy John, end of career. I mean, with quarterbacks, you just don't need surgery on this. It's really about pain relief. The mechanism of throwing is different. The volume is different. So barring some sort of bizarre injury to him, this is clearly what you would expect. Maybe a little bit quicker than the typical quarterback. But you get pain relief. You don't need that UCL for stability and throwing as a quarterback. So I think he's uh, he's on that pathway to getting better. This is a recurrent issue for him, unfortunately. Um, he had a UCL injury, I think, a couple of years ago as well, too. So something to watch for him if he gets anything potentially done in the offseason to address it. But... I think he looks great, and this shows you why quarterbacks don't need Tommy John surgery. It's a pitcher issue. Uh, Doc, uh, Jonathan Kaminga played basketball last night, didn't he? Oh, he did. He did. And yeah. he's going to play basketball probably every night for the next couple nights. Out of babe. Out of babe. Okay. Hey, Doc, thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. Alright, there he goes. It's Doc Pandia. The proceeding was sponsored by UCSF Health, and uh, it's one of those things, if he had not sort of built up uh, the uh, the resume, the name that he has, one of the highest paid athletes in the entire world in Leo Messi, this is the kind of stuff where you're not allowed to go home sometimes. Leo Messi just had a penalty kick for Argentina. No go. It's great save. It got saved. Big, it's great fat yeah. choke artist. Unbelievable save, actually. Yeah, and that's Spadoni playing uh, the big fat choke artist uh, drop, which is inappropriate and inaccurate. <laughs> and sometimes you got to tip your cap, which is where I tipped my cap to the Dallas Mavericks last night over the Golden State Warriors. They were the better team. They executed better down the stretch, much like the penalty kick save right there. Oof. It's a pretty. It was an okay oh. penalty kick. He could have put it yeah. more toward the corner, but it was, but so, it was solid. It was solid, and it was definitely on goal. And uh, not only did the goalie pick right in lunging to his left, then the ball was up over his head and an absolute rocket. Obviously, got the hand on it, knocked it away. Remains a nil-nil tie. And that is great coaching right there because when it comes to penalty taking, all these players who take penalties, they have trends. And the goalkeeper, he's got to do his homework going into that situation. He's got to know that Messi, as a left-footed penalty taker, has trends and tendencies. The goalie knew the tendency, guessed correctly, and made the big save. Uh, I'm going to turn the mic on. 40 40 hours from now, it will be a Football Friday. And Football Fridays are sponsored by the Jim Irsay Collection at the Bill Graham Civic Auditorium on December 10th. For free tickets, visit JimIrsayCollection.com. But stay right where you are right now, because not only are Steiny and Guga going to jump in here next, but Jeff Passan's report on Aaron Judge is a must-hear and a must-discuss. And we will do that coming up next on 95.7 The Game.
of Matt Steinbeck from Steiny Guru. 12 to 3 on 95 7 the game. Now back to Willard and Dibs. What can, guys, what do you got? Dibs, Willard, what do you got? Warriors, <laughs> Giants, Warriors. <laughs> what, do we, what do we got? We got you. We got you showing up in about seven minutes. Oh, yeah. Um, Dibs, you know nothing is easy. You know nothing is easy. Zaza. Zaza, one o'clock today with Steiny and Goo. It's big. Yeah. yeah game seven, baby. Um, Game seven! Here we go. Here we go. Nothing easy! No, no, absolutely nothing. Kind of like signing the biggest free agent of the offseason. It's not easy. So, here's the update. Jeff Passan has reported that the Yankees have submitted an official offer to Aaron Judge. Eight years, approximately $300 million. Um, I actually have not done the, uh, the quick math on that. Uh, but that is 37 and a half a year. Eight years, $300 million from the New York Yankees. And the Yankees reportedly feel confident in their chances to wrap things up with Aaron Judge at winter meetings next week. I would love to be in that meeting where they make that offer mm-hmm. and Aaron Judge takes his big size 14s and it's puts them on the desk. Pulls out a cigar, lights it up, and just starts laughing. <laughs> and says, oh, so last year, March or April, you offered me $213 million. So you, you offered me 213 I hit 62 home runs for you. And now you're going to offer me 300? <laughs> totally. Exactly. Like, yeah, what are you giving me? I imagine extra- his voice is a little deeper you're than gonna, that, but You're going to give me an extra mil for each homer? No, 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 no. You're going to need to give me at least two or three mil. I was thinking a little closer to a job of the hut. Ooh, 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 ooh. I look at this and I go, this is. Totally. Hey. <laughs> this is great news for we as an organization feel that you, Aaron Judge, are worth more than that. This is easy. Actually, it is easy. Nothing is easy. I'm sure it's easy. This is very easy. You go to Greg Johnson or Charles Johnson or Johnson and Johnson, and you say, hey, guys, Yankees offered him 300. We want to give him 301. (laughs) What did we give him, 315? 350. 350. For eight years. Why the hell not? You high? Why not? Want to get high? I love this. I I liken it every time. I was high when I said that. I liken it every <laughs> single time. Have you ever bought a house? I know that you have. Them. Right? When it comes down to, oh, boy, okay, it's worth $700,000. And I know. I wish. We're going way out east. It's anyway, shack. right? Okay, it's $1.2 million. Should we offer... Keep going. Should we offer $1.21? I mean... Over your 30-year life. What the hell's the difference? Supper and I had this very debate because uh, the What's house... What's the difference? We made an offer, and then they countered, and the counter was about 50000 higher than our than our absolute highest that we want to spend. Yeah. And I said, Sup. I, I call her Sup. Do you really? I said, Sup. It's amazing. Baby. I said, Sup. <laughs> sup. You realize... Sup with you. <laughs> this is about $18 a month. A month. Over the course of our 360 payments. And she said... I don't want to pay that much. You, you, I said, oh my gosh. It's eighteen dollars. <laughs> I said it's eighteen dollars. It's eighteen dollars a month. Eighteen dollars a month. I think we can find that. If I'm oh, the, we found it. If I'm the San Francisco damn Giants, what's the difference between three hundred and three hundred fifty million? I know what the difference is to Aaron. It's fifty million. It's fifty Mark. million dollars. <laughs> you can stretch this out over eight years. Do you know what we're talking about? We're talking about about six million bucks. Six million bucks. You make that on pizza in a week, Giants. You make that on parking in two games. You're going to tell me that doesn't pay for itself with Aaron Judge? The rule was easy for the Giants. You're the underdog. They're the incumbent. They're the pinstripes. Right. You walk in and go, brother, it's not that we're not going to be outbid. You're not even going to come close. Whatever they offer you. We'll crush it. Crush it. We'll crush it. So for $50 million over the course of eight years. Why not? And you, you figure out how many fans that is. 2.7 million fans per year. So basically, 
when it comes down to Mark for just 41 cents a fan. <laughs> Every time you come through the turnstile, if you just give us 37 more cents, you can have a six foot seven inch slugger. You can have a guy who hits 60 home runs for a team that goes 81 and 81, but darn it, you'll have something that you can actually cheer about. Gosh darn it. No more Brandon Belt, 11 pitch walks. No more Mike Yastrzemski warning track power. No more Flores hitting 20 home runs for a team that won't go anywhere. You'll have a real slugger for just 28 cents a ticket. You can have Aaron Judge. <laughs> or maybe he doesn't want to come. Okay, yeah, I don't know. That. I mean, maybe he doesn't okay. even want to, I mean, maybe he just wants to stay in New York. Maybe, maybe him and Rizzo actually are bosom buddies. I, I have no... I like your use of bosom. <laughs> Man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's a Peter Scolari and uh, Tom Hanks, by Listen. the way, bosom buddies. And don't sleep on Donna Dixon. No. I, uh, well, talk about no, bosom buddies. Sleep on, with, none of it. But anyway. I mean, don't, like, don't, don't talk about that. <laughs> just, I mean, point, if I'm the Giants, I'm not sleeping at night unless I go to bed knowing I crushed the other offer and he still said no. Then I can sleep. If I'm, you know what? If Farhan and I don't know how they do this because Aaron would not like it, the players' union would not like it. If Farhan has the press conference, Aaron Judge signs with the Yankees, and the next day Farhan's out there going, "Well, we offered thirty million dollars more than that," then I can accept it. And Aaron, see you later, bud. I, like you didn't want to come, but you have got to be significantly in the lead. On this offer. I think they come back with 301. Oh. And then the Yankees got to go 302. It's like the old elementary school auction where it's, yeah. you know, yeah. we got a trip to Hawaii. Retails at $3,200. Right. 800 <laughs> But in every in every movie where there's an auction, somebody in the back of the room going once, going twice, and someone goes, $4 billion. Because I'm willing to do what everyone else isn't, and I want this auction over right freaking now. I actually did that at the grammar school auction. Uh, it was a trip that I I walked in mid auction, and I had my thing, and we had just you had been your a, thing in your hand. Well, we had just been outside in a uh, it was a fairly cloudy setting. I'll just say it was a little bit cloudy that afternoon, that early evening, and I come in, and there was a trip up for grabs, and I start flashing my number because. I mean, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> Next thing you know, eleven hundred bucks. I got a week. I got a house for a week in Maine. Oh, did you go? Yeah, we went. Oh, you did right. We went. Oh, so nice. me and the family, we went to Maine for a week. But I, I didn't know what I was bidding on. <laughs> I was that guy, yeah, yeah. flashing my number. Me, a thousand bucks. I'm yeah, in yeah, for yeah. the kids. Right. I mean, that's that's all I'm asking for the Giants. I know a lot of people want him to get judged. For just 28 cents. I'd love for them. <laughs> I'd love for Aaron Judge to be a giant. But the only thing I can ask in free agency is be the high bidder. Significantly. Oh, I was the high bidder. It's not hard. It's not hard. Don't give me a spreadsheet. But, well, here's why $43 million a year is not appropriate, but 40 is. Stop. Stop. It's changed Your to house you. analogy is a good one. It's because, changed. I mean, ultimately... You need a place to live, and you're right. The difference between a house for $1.2 million and $1.215 million, $15,000 over you know, 360 payments is just a small pittance. And in terms of the Giants, you as a fan, if they, if they sign Aaron Judge for $350 million, your tickets are still going to be too much. Your parking is too much. Your cha-cha bowl and your crab sandwich... They're all still too much. If they don't sign Aaron Judge, guess what? Still. It's still too much. Too much. Yeah. You're still going to be paying through the nose. But instead of seeing Aaron Judge four times, you're going to be seeing Adam Miss J.D. Davis in a right-handed heavy lineup right. against Clayton Kershaw. Facing the lefty today. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I know I'm like, with you. I'm with you. Spend it. Spend it all, Farhan. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. We all knew that the deal was going to start with a three. So if the Yankees are coming in and they're literally at the lowest possible number that starts with a three, uh, that's good. That's a good thing because we knew that already. 
If you're if you're going to come in, I don't know if the Yankees are going to up the offer. What, what did what did I do wrong? You only offered three hundred. That's what you did wrong. Well, does Farhan really come in and go? I'm three zero two. This is not Farhan anymore. You're right. This is you guys got to understand now. You're going to blame Patella. it on this is not Farhan's team. <laughs> Are you That's telling me right. it's north of Patella? <laughs> I'm telling you, it is not a tendon, okay, who's making this decision. This is an ownership-level deal. So Charles Johnson has to decide whether or not he wants to give $300-plus million to Aaron Judge well, or Herschel Walker. Been given. <laughs> and with that, it's and, Diane Goo. And scene. I thought it was a good setup. I thought it was a good setup. I didn't know you were going there. Hi, Hi Steiny Goo. Steiny, you know me. <laughs> you know I like to be edgy, Steiny. Uh, and, you know, and, and as, as we're fair and balanced, uh, shout out, uh, what is it? Raphael Warnock. Raphael Warnock. Warnock, yeah. It's I had nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're fighting over the Georgia Reverend. Senate seat. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. couple of men of color. I want to keep my job. <laughs> 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 in order to keep your job, and yeah. as you know, Goo being a, now a, about a 10-year veteran. In this-, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.